today I want to I want to share about the effects of sin. And as I was thinking about sin, I thought, you know, really, the only place you hear anybody talk about sin is probably in the church. You know, the world doesn't. You know, the world doesn't have any problem with sin. You know, this is never sin. It's it's something else. It's you know bad habits or weaknesses or you know it's something you illness you take a pill for it you know but you know in the church we talk about something called sin what is sin well you know the original translation said is to miss the mark miss the mark what mark well it's the mark set by god you know god sets the mark and when we miss the mark that he has set for us then we call that sin and he sets forth that mark in his word. So the only way we can know that what sin is, is we have to know his word. Otherwise, we just make excuses for it. And we, well, you know, it's no big deal. Well, we all do it. You know, we love that one, you know. Well, everybody does it. And I think a lot of times that's the way the world looks at it. You know, if you get enough people doing it, it must be okay. Now, it just becomes normal. It becomes normal. We can, we can justify anything if enough people do it. You know, and I think, I personally think in America, that's kind of like part of that democracy thinking that, well, if you get enough people to do it and the majority say it's okay, it must be okay. Well, you know, for the Christian, it's not about opinions. You know, I always, I laugh, but you know, remember folks on Facebook, you're reading a lot of opinions usually. A lot of opinions. There's opinions out there. Everybody's got one. A lot of opinions. And you know, if I'm going to stake my life and my future on something, I think I'm going to do something on something different than everybody's opinion. You know, I, I think about some people, they, they share all these philosophical thoughts about what's true. And it's just their opinion. It's like, well, that's nice, but why would, I, why would I stake my eternal life on your opinion? And so I think we see that, you know, there is a standard. And the standard is set forth in God's word. In, uh, and there, is a, there isn't a result of sin. You know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, sin, and you just go on. Well, the Bible talks about it. And it says in Romans 6, 23, it says, uh, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The result of sin ultimately leads to death. Now, when you think about sin, I want to think about a couple different things before we talk about the effects of sin. The first one is when Adam sinned. Okay, in the beginning, Adam had choices. And Adam chose to eat of the fruit. Eve and Adam, they chose to eat the fruit. And they sinned. They sinned. The result of that sin was two deaths. Number one, they're going to have physical death. You know, they weren't going to die up until that point. And so, but once they took it, they resulted in physical death. God says, well, you were taken from dust, and to dust you shall return. So now, death has come into the world because of sin. And also, there's a spiritual death that now man chose to sin, and that sin was going to separate him from God eternally. So, you know, because of sin, the wages of sin is death. Number one, we're all going to die. That's a result of sin. Number two, 
there is a spiritual death. And so, so we see that then God sends Jesus into the world to redeem us from that separation that sin created. Because up until that point, you know, man is separated because of sin. And so he sends Jesus, pays the price for our sin so that we could have that relationship with God restored again. So we can get back with him. So, so there's, there's, you know, the wages of sin is death. But I want to share a little bit about what's the effect on us today? What's the effect on us today? You know, if the wages of sin is death and it's just out there somewhere and it's going to happen someday, well, then that's all the, in the future. But I believe that there's effects of sin. That sin, when you sin, it affects you. Things start to happen. The Bible says, you know, at first, sin is fun. It's exciting. It appeals to our human desires. You know, sin, it, 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 there's, there's a, a side of it that's, hey, that looks like fun. There's people that say, well, that's fun. It's exciting. You know, it appeals to, to my fleshly desires. If it wasn't appealing, who would do it? There has, to be, there has to be some appeal, you know. I kind of relate it to food a little bit. I, I always say food is a little bit like ice cream. If food was spinach, it'd be a lot easier. You know, if food immediately, when you, when you thought about sinning and immediately you got a jolt of lightning or you got a jolt of electricity, said don't do, you go, okay, I'm not going to do that. But it's not how it works. It's enticing it draws us in. It's, it's the ice cream of food. It's, it's, wow, that looks good. It has appeal. You know, I, I, this morning when we look, Eve, when she looked at that fruit, she said, wow, that looks good. That looks good. I don't know what it would have been if it had been spinach hanging on that tree, you know. But, you know, if it was something, you go, oh, I don't like that anyway. Okay, I'm not going to do that. But that's not how sin is. That's not how sin is. Sin is enticing. It draws us in. It has, it has appeal, and it appeals, it appeals to our fleshly desires. In the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 24th verse, it says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, there's a choice. He could have chose the passing pleasures of sin. <clears throat> the fun for a moment. You know, it's, and I don't know if this, but you know, it's a little bit like when people drink too much. I guess it's fun for a moment, but what happens the next day? It appeals to me like, as I look at it, like they must be pretty miserable. But there was some enticing part of that at the moment. Okay, and so, so it says, you know, that Moses chose. He made a choice. He says, I'm going to choose to be a part of my people's affliction. Wow. We just saw the movie Moses yesterday. They, they took the sight and sound thing and they put it to a movie. And, you know, in there they showed Moses making that decision. You know, rather than live in Pharaoh's palace, he chose to go with his people. 
in slavery. You know, and, and I believe when it comes to sin, a lot of times we have to kind of make that choice. When we think about it, you know, there's things that come our way and we have to think, what's going to be the repercussions of this? What's the right thing to do? Yeah, sometimes it's hard to resist sin. It's hard to resist sometimes when everybody, and especially if everybody else is doing it. If everybody else is doing it. It always intrigues me. How many people try to get you to join in their sin? You know, isn't that, oh, come on. You know, people always want to, come on, come on. I think part of that is, well, if you come, it must be okay, because if we all do it, we're all okay. But, you know, it's, it's, come on, come on. Let's all do it. It'll be okay. There's always that enticing, drawing us in, drawing us in. So sometimes it's a, it's a difficult decision to do the right thing. Sometimes it can be a lonely path. I believe for Christian young people growing up today, more and more, being a Christian is going to be a lonelier path. Because the world is going to go a different direction. And if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to stand up, it's going to be a, sometimes feel a little bit lonely. That's why I believe Christian fellowship is important. To encourage one another. You know, otherwise we're enticed to go that direction. Well, yeah, I want to have friends. I want to have friends. You know, I don't want to tell them I won't do that. I don't want to, I won't partake in that. I want friends. So we're willing to, to uh, compromise, willing to compromise. And so we find that sin has pleasure for a season, but then what? There's always consequences. Some point, somewhere, sometime, there's a payment. There's a payment. It's, it's, it's going to happen. And if, if you skin through this life and there's never payment, trust me, there's a day coming. But I don't think we make it through this life. I believe we have an enemy who comes to kill, steal, destroy. He wants to entice us down a path and I believe there's effects to going down that path. And I believe it affects us in this life. We start to have things happening. And we have to start dealing with stuff. We have to start dealing with things. So I want to just share a little bit about what I just saw. And this isn't a complete list. This is my list of some things that came to my mind about what we face. Um, one of the things that sin does, it affects our conscience affects our conscience. Now that's that's kind of a good thing. You know it makes us makes us feel guilty. And that's that's not bad. That's not bad in John the 16th chapter the 8th verse. It says the Holy Spirit when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So that's a good thing. The Holy Spirit comes he convicts us of the things we're doing that are sin. That's a good thing. And then that makes us feel guilty. But here's what happens if we don't confess our sin and get forgiveness. Then that guilt becomes a problem. You know, you know what it's like when people feel guilty? What's it like when your children do something and they feel guilty? Now, depending on their conscience, some of them will feel so guilty. They'll come to you and go, I'm sorry. They'll, they'll start confessing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. You know, and you know, like, what'd you do? You know, because they feel that guilt. 
They feel that guilt. But if it's unconfessed, if it's not dealt with, if we don't get forgiveness, so we walk around with something called guilt. We start feeling guilt. And then we feel guilty. And then we're not to meant to stay in that condition because the Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But if we don't ask for forgiveness, we feel guilty. How does it make us feel? How do you feel when you're guilty of doing something? Well, hopefully you got enough conscience that you start to feel like, you know, I need to correct this. I need to correct this. Guilt makes us then, if we keep that guilt long enough, we start to do certain things. Here's what I notice people do. They start to avoid people. And especially Christians. I don't want to be around somebody that's going to make me feel even guiltier. And so they start to avoid people. And I believe for a Christian, if you're guilty, I believe you start to avoid God. There's a part of you that you, you, you maybe don't you stop praying like you should. Or maybe you stop reading His Word like you should because I know I'm guilty. And one of the really big things I notice is people start to pull away from church. You know, when they feel guilty, like, well, I, you know, I would go, but, you know, I'm not living the way I should. I'm not doing what I should be doing. So I feel guilty. So I, I don't feel like I should go. And part of me wants to go, no, that's when you should come. Now you should come with the idea being that you come and you seek God and you ask for forgiveness. I mean, that's the idea. But I, I notice that people, if they start to feel guilty, they'll start to not come to church. And I believe sometimes when people feel guilty, they start to get depressed. Starts to start to affect your your being you start to feel down you start to feel depressed and they feel unworthy then they feel unworthy so then once you feel unworthy now you can't ask god for anything how are you going to ask god for something if you don't feel worthy well you know i really messed up i'm messing up i'm not doing what i should i can't ask god for help why is he going to help me? I'm, you know, this is what we're thinking. And why is he going to help me? I, I'm, I've messed up. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And so now we don't go to him. We don't ask for help. We start to kind of go in a downward spiral. Spiral. Sometimes we think God's going to get us. Sometimes we can actually live in a, a fear of like, oh boy, God's going to get me now because I'm really messing up. And then I really believe you lost your joy. You know, then you've lost your joy. Then it's like, well, and it can go, it can go in a really bad direction. But, it, you know, a lot of that can start with just the fact that we don't deal with sin. And we just don't say, you know what, this is wrong. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Number two, sometimes I think sin can affect us physically. Sometimes it can affect us physically. Some sins have a real obvious uh, connection to physical problems. Sexual sins. Sexual sins have what? Consequences. You know, you can get 
diseases. Get all kinds of diseases from sexual sins. That's an immediate effect. Affects us physically. You know, starts to affect our body. Um, it can affect us physically. It can affect us emotionally. It can make us worry, have depression, anxiety. Cause your blood pressure to go up, affect you physically. Affect your blood pressure. Now, I'm not saying, you know, please hear me. I didn't say everybody's got high blood pressure is sinful. I didn't say that. I said it can. If you sin and don't deal with it, it can affect you physically and eventually it could affect things like blood pressure. You know, because it can lead to worry and it can lead to a lot of things that can cause your blood pressure to go up. Okay, there's other things that make that happen too. Some sins have physical repercussions. They cause us to get in legal trouble. You know, they have immediate repercussions. They can cause physical things to happen. They rob us financially sometimes, physically. They, they can rob us in the physical realm financially, you know. Because of sin. Now, other things can too. I'm just saying sin can do that. Okay? It can affect us. It can affect us. Affect us physically. And then I believe that sin, eventually, it causes bondage. And, you know, this may take a while. I don't know just, you know, I don't know the time, the time constraint on this, but um, sometimes it can cause bondage we can be in bondage to sin and this is this is a terrible thing when you get in bondage to sin you've you've sinned enough and it's become a part of you that you can't stop can't stop people can they get to that point i can't stop it i'm in bondage to it we might call it i'm addicted to it you know various things various things you know the world never says it's sin you know, they, they treat the addiction, whatever it might be. You know, they, it's, never, it's never sin. You know, the world doesn't use that word. So, so, you know, the world will use other terms about it. But, you know, it can be, it can be causes us to be in bondage. It can cause our thinking to be in bondage. Cause our tongue to be in bondage. You know, if you, if you sin, you know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Well, that means you can sin and be angry. Sometimes, sometimes sin is anger. Now, most people say, well, not me. I, I do the other one. I do the, I'm angry, but I don't sin. Well, I don't buy that. Sorry. Once in a while, I know that's true, that people have righteous indignation. But I want to tell you, most of the stuff we're usually talking about is sin. It's the anger. And, and pretty soon, we're in bondage to it. So we start to get angry about everything. We get angry with people. We control. I, I know people, and, and I know I see children. Have you ever seen children control their parents with anger? It works really well. Every time they don't get their way, they get really angry. And then the parents just give in. Oh, my goodness. And so they give in to it. And then the child knows my anger can control my parents. And then all of a sudden, they're in bondage to their anger. They can't even stop. And so now they grow up, 
And now they're at school. And now they're angry with everybody at school. Now you got an issue. Or maybe they grow up and you, they get involved with the authorities. And, you know, if you got anger, you got a problem. And somebody someday will deal with it. You know, someday somebody's going to use a bigger stick. That's all I kind of say, you know. They just keep getting bigger sticks. You know, different ways to handle that, to keep you under control. But see, it can start to affect us. And it starts to become bondage to where now, now, oh my goodness, I can't, I don't know how to quit. I don't know how to stop. I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this, but I can't, I can't get out of it. I can't stop. Because it's now become something I'm enslaved to. And that's, that's a tough place. That's a tough place. Not that we can't be delivered from it, but it's a hard place. I want to read from Romans, the 11th chapter. Romans, the, excuse me, the 6th chapter, the 11th verse. Romans 6, 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. We, we decide. We decide that I reckon myself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you shall obey its lusts. Don't let sin have charge. Don't let sin be in charge so that you obey its lusts. Don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you're under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. So, you know, he says, well, since we're under grace, should we just sin? All the, should we just sin? It doesn't matter. Well, you know, we're under grace. God's going to forgive us. No, no, certainly not. Do you not know to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are one slaves whom you obey. He says, if you present yourself to sin and obey sin, you're going to be a slave to sin. You'll be a slave to it, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin, yet you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. When we're set free from sin, we now become slaves of righteousness. That's a choice. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? And he goes on to say, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness and for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, you give who you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. He says, whatever we've given ourselves to, whatever we've given our, we, there's a choice. There's a choice. We choose. Each day, we choose. What are we going to give ourselves to? And don't say, well, I can't help it. 
doesn't say nothing here about I can't help it. No, you choose. You know, that's a good one to tell your children. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. You can choose. Choose who you're going to be a slave to. Are you going to be a slave to sin, which leads to death? Or are you going to be a slave to God, it says, which leads to holiness and in the end, everlasting life? Everlasting life. You know, Joshua, at the end of his ministry, says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose, choose. There's no, we, we, can, we can blame all kinds of people, you know. And let me just say this, that I believe sin goes third and fourth generation. But I'm going to tell you what, if you're an adult, don't be blaming your parents and your grandparents. It may be true, but don't blame them. Because you can choose. I'm not saying it doesn't go third and fourth generation. But I'm saying you can choose. It can stop here. Because we choose. And we choose. What am I going to do? And we make choices all the time. And to not choose is a choice. Well, you know, well, if you don't choose, you've just made a choice. Because you're going to serve one or the other. And, you know, think about it. What do you want to be a slave to? What do you want? What do you want effect in your life? If you choose sin, it's going to have effects. And they're going to be negative. They're going to be negative. But we can choose life. And we can choose life that eventually leads to eternal life. And those are choices. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, you set before us life and death. And we make choices. Lord, help us to choose you. Lord, help us to choose life. Help us to make the hard choice. Lord, the easy choice is usually to choose the way everybody else is going. The thing that appeases my feelings or makes me feel better. Or the things that I just want to do. But Lord, help us to choose you. The hard choice. Lord, you said it's not an easy path. It's a narrow path. But Lord, help us to see the blessing of being your child. The blessing of following you. Lord, I pray if, if there's those that feel guilty, that Lord, you would help them to realize they just need to come to you, confess their sin, and receive your forgiveness. And Lord, sometimes that's hard for us because we don't feel worthy. But Lord, we're not worthy because of us. We're worthy because of what you did for us. Lord, you paid the price, not us. So Lord, we receive that forgiveness based upon your love and the price that you paid. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that would like prayer, whatever, whatever they would like prayer for, Lord, that you would encourage them to come up and let the prayer team pray with them. Lord, that they could agree and pray and seek you about whatever it is that's bothering them. Lord, we just thank you for your presence with us. Lord, as we go forth, help us to go forth in your love and in your peace and in your joy. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.